Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Let's Talk CFL Podcast. Roundtable discussion recorded live on Sunday and Wednesday nights. Visit Let's Talk CFL on Facebook for showtime. Brought to you by the Let's Talk Sports Groups on Facebook. Our partners, LostWorldOnSport.com. Stream live on BlogTalkRadio.com. Good evening, football fans, and welcome to Let's Talk CFL podcast, episode number 312. I'm your host, Christopher Jones, coming from the west coast of Canada. Yes, I'm a BC Lions fan. I'm sorry to tell you, but I am. And yes, Mark, I'm sorry. Your mic's actually on, by the way. I didn't. It doesn't mute itself when you phone in like that. So if I brought you live already, it's already there. So no BC sucks things. That's just way too early in the year for that. Okay, so let's be hospitable, and I won't pick about the, you know, the hashtag 30 years and counting. Okay, so what are we doing here? We're going to talk some football. We're talking, hey, we started something new here. We've started a podcast chat. You know, you've got a game chat. Uh, We put it up on Let's Talk Facebook group, uh, the the, the CFL, Let's Talk CFL Facebook group. And we always do the game chats for each game. Well, we're going to do a podcast chat. We're going to try this and see what happens. So we're going to banter back and forth on, on on the chat and see what we can do there and see if we can get some other people to participate and play along. So if you're listening right now, jump onto Facebook and take a look at it because it's going to, this it's going to be interesting. I'm going to put up some links as we go along. And those are what the stories are going to be that we're coming up to so that you can go and take a look at the, the, the article as we're coming along to it. Uh, it could be interesting. We'll see what happens. Uh, maybe this is just a big waste of time. And at the end of the night, we'll just delete it because, well, I don't know. But anyhow, this is what we're doing, and uh, that's how it is. So let's uh, open up the mics here, and let's uh, get uh, the people happening here. And like I said, Mark, your mic has been open all along. How you doing, buddy? Doing well, doing well. The mic's been open, but I can mute it on my side, so that's still good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. no, that's fine. Yeah. NPC does still suck, Christopher. Oh, shut up. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know, I know. But, you you know, you haven't won a Grey Cup in 30 years, so don't. I'd, I'd be pretty embarrassed about that yourself. So. 28. 28. Yeah, well, I don't know. 28, 29? He's 29. Nope. No? No, we're still in 19. The season hasn't well, I started yet. I, I still think 30 years and counting is a good thing. Yeah, still haven't caught up to uh, Saskatchewan's 40-year drought, but. It's getting close. It's getting there. Yeah. There we go. Hashtag. Okay. So we oh, we got to open up all the mics there. Charles, welcome to the show. Good evening. I'm doing well. How are you? Pretty fair. Pretty fair. Good. Just what wanted to you... end. What? Oh, yeah. I know. We got snow again last night and not much. We got snow inch, for half the day today. Wow. You guys aren't supposed to get snow. Fortunately, it mostly melted by now, so that's all right. Cool. I don't mind that. No, just as long as it goes away, that's the best thing. Yes, that's the thing. I mean, yeah. I, yeah. How, how's your spring coming there, Mark? In uh, back in Winterpeg. What spring? Yeah, I don't know. It's a, well, I know it's still actually winter for another two weeks, but you know, it was um. It was uh, plus six here today. It was actually things are melting and stuff. It's kind of weird. Uh, we're, we're back wise. down minus six right now. It's supposed to go down to a minus ten tonight, but uh, yeah, it's, yeah, I know. Ooh. But it, it's still it's winter. 
It's Winnipeg. We don't get spring until oof, April, maybe. Yeah. Maybe. Cool. William, welcome to the show, buddy. How you doing? I'm good. I'm good. Speaking of winter, I went to the shop on Tuesday morning, and both of my boilers in my building went out. Oh, great. And it was cold in there, let me tell you. So I get there at 5 o'clock in the morning. Everybody else usually wanders in between 7.30 and 8 o'clock. And five of these people actually came to my office and said, Will, there's no heat in the building. (laughs) Really? I hadn't noticed. Really? Have you noticed I'm sitting in here with my coat and my gloves on? Like, did you not notice that? Anyways, I can be very snarky when people state the obvious. So, but are are, are stupid? Yes. Yes, we got them up and running, and uh, yeah, and it took the whole day to heat up my fifteen thousand square foot building. So, I don't doubt uh, it. Now we have heat, which we're all—it's all good, but. And this is Calgary weather. It was minus 22 today. It's supposed to be 10 on Tuesday. Okay? That's how quick it happens in Calgary. It's crazy. Welcome to Calgary. Yeah. So there you go. See, I'm talking about the weather, so obviously nothing exciting happened in football this week. (sighs) We only got an hour and 55 minutes left. Yeah. Yeah. I, I hate these. Sure I hate these did, pictures did I, hear, did I hear Mark say Saskatchewan's forty-year drought? Did you say that, Mark? Yep. Yes, I did. What for? What forty-year drought? Um, they didn't win a Grey Cup until it was like. Oh, okay. Okay, because I was thinking they won one in two thousand and thirteen. So. <laughs> And then well, he's winner, basically and saying that the record is 40 years or something like that, right? Oh, okay. Yep. Yep. Who cares? All he's right. picking on the riders. Let him go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we didn't even create anything. Let okay. him make it 60 years. But riders? Yeah, sure. Why not? We don't need to exaggerate how bad they are. That's a good point. Fair enough. You know, we don't. They're just they're the riders. Okay, first thing up on the agenda, because that's where we're going to go. Who are the current favorites for the Great Cup now that free agency has cleared? Oh, that's a good question. Who are the Great Cup odds? Okay, number one in the top position. And who's surprised by this? Nobody. The Calgary Stampeders at plus 400. Oh, these are Bodog odds, okay? 2019. Yeah. Now, who's surprised by this? Not me. I'm I'm the one all along that has said that the Calgary Stampeders are still the favorite to win the Grey Cup this year. They have to be. Okay? They're the reigning Grey Cup champions. They've got their, quote, quote, all-star quarterback back. And their team is pretty much intact. Yeah, they lost some key pieces, but they do that every year. Because there are certain players that are out there that are mercenaries, and they will go for the buck. But... 
for the most part, that team is intact and everything is kind of good. So the defending Grey Cup champions, Calgary Stampeders, are the favorite after retaining franchise quarterback Bo Levi Mitchell and betting on John Huffnagel and Dave Dickinson regularly can make you cash. The question remains how much the free agent exodus will cost Calgary, though it seems like the pugnant predict stamps decline every year and it fails to materialize. I'm bang on. I'm 100% agree with that. Everybody else is picking Winnipeg to be the favorite this year. Not me. Calgary Stampers are my favorite coming out of the gate. Do I think they're going to win the Grey Cup? No. But that's not the point. I'm going to say they have to be the favorite at this point in time moving forward. Okay. Anybody arguing with me on that one? Step up to the plate. No No, argument. It's hard to do that. Weren't you picking the the, the, the Winnipeg Blue Bombers? No. I think even even Will did. I've always said Calgary's number one. I'll put Winnipeg number two, but I'll put Calgary number one. Okay, so Bodog's got them in top spot. Bet 365 has got them at top spot, and Five Dimes has got them in top spot. Okay, so right across the board, we have the Calgary Stampeders in first place. Now, Bodog, at slightly off numbers, have the Ottawa Red Blacks, the Saskatchewan Rough Riders, and the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, all at plus 450. Now, in second place... Uh, Bet365 has the BC Lions, and Five Dimes has the Ottawa Red Blacks in second place. Yeah, Ottawa Red Blacks in second place. Now, I believe that the Ottawa Red Blacks are are not going to be as bad as what everybody thinks they are going to be. Okay? Yeah, they got two unproven quarterbacks, but I think they're going to turn a page here. And I don't think they've lost enough pieces to really worry about it. You know, they're in the Eastern Division. You don't have to be really good to win a lot of games over there. All you got to do is beat Montreal three times and beat Toronto three times. You got six wins and you're in the playoffs. You know, grab a victory from Hamilton and maybe one or two in the West and you're rocking and rolling, right, man? You're, you're above 500 football. So I don't think the Ottawa Redbacks can actually be written off at this point in time, and nor with the Toronto Argonauts. But Toronto Argonauts still are a little, I don't know. I can't say that they're scary with their quarterback position because they're not much different than Ottawa. But I think Ottawa's got more shit together than what Toronto does. Personal opinion. Okay. So what do you think? Ottawa Redbacks, Saskatchewan and Winnipeg, Bodogs got in second. BC Lions bet 365 and Ottawa in five dimes. Charles, what's your thoughts, man? Hmm. Well, uh, I'm nowhere near as optimistic as you uh, are when it comes to the Ottawa Renegade or Red. God, one of my Renegades. God, am I stuck in the? Past? You always do that. Ottawa though, Red you know? I know. I haven't done it for a long time, and for some reason, I did it today. Go figure. Um, I don't boy, know. but I I think they've been raided. I think all of their top talent is gone. Their starting quarterback's gone. Their best receiver's gone. Their best running back is gone. That's a lot to take away one from one team. They also lost some defensive pieces. Boy, I don't I don't know what the people are, have been drinking over in. Uh, uh, who was it that had these guys listed second? 
This well, is, five, uh, dimes, five, five dimes, five dimes, and Bodog. Five dimes and Bodog both had Ottawa second. Well, Bodog's Boy. got them tied for second with Saskatchewan right. and Winnipeg, right? So there's yeah. a three-way tie for second. So that's mm-hmm. you, you got to say uh, that they're placing them in second place, even though it's tied. I guess so, but uh, yeah, I just don't see. I mean, I, they lost a lot. I I think Ottawa's in for a free fall this year, to be honest. Uh, Surprise, surprise, I kind of like to bet three, six, five ones, not being a homer <laughs> or anything, but I do like that one. Uh, it may be a little bit uh, presumptuous because uh, the Lions do have some defensive question mark, but I do like it. Uh, overall, in second, though, I, if I were to pick someone right now straight up, if I would go second, I would pick Winnipeg, to be honest. Yes. To be fair. I, I don't disagree that with would that. Be, I don't disagree that would with be that. My, that would be my pick. In fact, they're edging uh, for first with Calgary because Calgary, quite frankly, I know they're the defending champions, and I get that fact, and i got to say, hey, they're the defending champions, so until someone beats them, you got to put them in first. But I still got big concerns about their defense because they lost a lot of top talent on their defense. So that would scare me a little bit from Calgary. But if I'm going number two, I think my pick has got to be Winnipeg. Okay. Mark, what's your thoughts on second place here? Ottawa, Winnipeg, Saskatchewan, BC. Those are your top options that they got. Who do you think's better? I'm going to go with Winnipeg. Oh, now he does the homer pick. Yeah, I said that okay. a second ago. No, I'll go with Winnipeg in second. Um, just based on they brought most of their players back. They've got the same systems in place. Um, Ottawa, like Charles said, no way. I know you're still kind of high on them, but I haven't been high on them in a long time. And now that they've lost the, two of their best players and they're looking mediocre at quarterback, would would that be the way? I know we're going to talk about it in a little while. Um, I just don't think they're there in Saskatchewan. Well, that's Saskatchewan. There's no way they're in second. No, not with Kolaros at quarterback. So I think you almost have to give it to Winnipeg. Okay. I'm, I'm not going to argue with that at all. Yeah. Um, Will, what do you figure there, buddy? I absolutely agree that Ottawa, Montreal, and Toronto will be fighting for second place in the East. <laughs> okay. They will be cuz it's it's the truth. I mean, come on, Ottawa doesn't have a quarterback, sorry. Um if they if they think they're going to rely on Dominic Davis, they're in trouble. Jonathan Jennings has still got his issues. Maybe they'll change and maybe that'll make a difference. But then they got to replace all the receivers and yeah. I don't think so. I don't know who's. I I, I guess I gotta I gotta pick Edmonton in second place. To be honest with you, you, you shitting me? I don't I I don't agree with the I don't agree with the Calgary first place thing. But okay, well, who I'll do you think is first for, place? I'll go with it. No, for no, now. I want to know. You, I'm I'm doing a spreadsheet right now, and I'm picking out who you want to pick in first place right now. Overall, one division. Who's in first place for you? Favored to win the Grey Cup right now, today. No, Put a team there. Tell that. me who it is. 
What? You didn't say that. You said first well, place. You didn't say favored to win the Grey Cup. Well, that's what we're talking about, Grey Cup odds right now. No, you just said first place and then second oh. place and so on and so forth. If we're talking about the Grey Cup, Calgary's going to win the Grey Cup. Okay. That's your thought. Okay. Okay. Yes, so I'm they're saying, not they're not they're not gonna be in first place. Oh semantics here. Okay, we're gonna list the teams, the nine teams. Okay? Top to bottom. Who's your favorite to win the Grey Cup? Oh, okay. Would you like me to go? Yeah, yeah, give me your first place. And give me your second. Okay, Cal- Calgary. Okay. Edmonton. Okay. Cool. That's what I wanted to hear from you. Okay. And Charles, you went with who? Winnipeg? Uh, Calgary and Winnipeg. Okay. And Mark went with Winnipeg? Yep. And uh, so did CJ. CJ is going with Winnipeg. So I got Calgary and Winnipeg, so we're okay there. In third. In third. Who's in third place here? Charles. I could go a few different ways here, um, but I'm going to be the homer. I'm going to go with BC in third. Okay. I think Riley's going to spark that team and uh, new blood in the coaching ranks. Um, I just, I think it's a good possibility. Okay. Mark, what's your call there? Third place. I'm going to go with Hamilton. Hamilton. There you go. Uh, William, third place. BC. Okay. BC, the Vancouver Kittens. And uh, I'm I'm all over the Lions on this one as well. I think that they're in in third place, fighting for higher. Okay. So I, I'm surprised Will hasn't got uh, Winnipeg in the top three, but. Uh, Okay, let's do four. Charles, fourth place. Fourth place is where I have Hamilton. I think they're going to be the tops in the East. I think they're, to me, I think they're head and shoulders, quite frankly, uh, above anyone else in the East. I think they're going to be first. I think they're going to get that first round bye into the Eastern final. So, yeah, they would be my favorite coming into the East, so I put them fourth. So if, you're, if you've got them in first place in the East, you're saying that Calgary, Winnipeg, and or BC could beat them for the Grey Cup victory. That's what you're saying to uh, me. I think that's a possibility, yes. Okay. I'm good. I'm I, I'm not arguing with you. I'm just confirming. Yep. I know. Mark. Mark, what's your call here? Who you got in, in fourth place in the overall rankings? That's where I put BC. That's where you put BC. Yep. I can't argue. And, William, who you got in fourth there? Hamilton. You got Hamilton. You've got not a lot of faith in those blue bombers. I'm liking this. Yes, I'm lying. Okay, and CJ over here in uh, fourth place. I am going to put the Edmonton Eskimos. Okay, I, I I don't have that much faith in Hamilton. I think the Eskimos are going to be victorious there. Okay, so uh, insert. I need a. Hmm. 
one below. There we go. Okay. Charles. Give uh, me a next is place. Fifth place, I've got the Edmonton Eskimos. You got Edmonton. Did you write this yeah. down before, or are you just making this shit up as you go? I didn't write it down, but I was looking through it early, and that's kind of how I had it, you know, in my head. Hey, we're, we're not getting a lot of participation here on this, on this Facebook chat, game chat, podcast Wake up, chat Facebook. Here. Wake up. Wake up. Hey, Mark. What do you got? I'll put Edmonton in fifth. Oh, you're going to put Edmonton in fifth. Okay. Oh, I forgot the T. Okay. And uh, William, fifth place over there. Winnipeg. Winnipeg. I knew it was coming. I'd, I'd have to really laugh at you if you'd like put Toronto or something like that or so. Winnipeg and CJ, who are you going to put there now? Oh, we're going to put Hamilton. We're going to put Hamilton. Hamilton. There we go. Okay. Now, this is where it starts to get a little trickier because we've got three spots remaining. No, three four. Spots? four spots? Four spots. That's only five. They've got four more. So i got to do one more insert below here. One more below. There we go. Okay, we have four spots to go. We got one eastern, te- or sorry, one western team and three eastern teams. Charles, who's your next pick in sixth place? Toronto. Who's the best of the ro- the best of the worst? Toronto. Yep. Okay. And uh, Mark, who you got up there? I'm going to go with Toronto too. Okay, William. Just because Montreal. <laughs> You're funny. I love you. Montreal. And I'm going to take that Western dumpster fire here and put the riders there. Okay. Now we got uh, seven, eight, nine. Seventh place for Charles. For me, this is where I put Saskatchewan. Okay. And Mark, I bet you're doing the same. Yep. Yeah, okay, that's pretty much a given. Uh, William, who you got here? Toronto. Toronto. Okay. And uh, DJ, this is where I'm putting Ottawa. Actually, you know what? I almost want to put Ottawa above the riders. In fact, I'm going to. I'm going to change them around, okay? I'm putting Ottawa back up there in sixth place and putting Saskatchewan back down in seven. Okay. Eighth place. You got two left. You got Ottawa and Montreal to choose from, Charles. Who you got coming in eighth place? Oh, God. Uh, this is bad and worse. Um, Ottawa's still, got, you... Ottawa's Go still got players on there that have experience uh, from being in the Grey Cup, so I put Ottawa at uh, eighth place. Ottawa at eighth place. They've got nothing. Okay, we're going to put Montreal down in the bottom. Okay. We can do that. I am, anyway. Oh, yeah. No, I understand. And, uh, oh, there's an R in that word, right? Oh, Montreal. There we go. Uh, Mark, who you got now? You got Ottawa? You got Montreal? What do you got? Ottawa. 
Ottawa. And Montreal's in ninth in obviously. Okay. And tenth and eleventh. No, no, no. Okay. William, William, you have Ottawa and you have Saskatchewan left. Who are you gonna put in eighth place? Uh the schooners. <laughs> <laughs> I knew that was coming, you know, I really did because I almost suggested set it myself here. But uh I knew somebody was going to. Okay, hey, so you want the students there? Oh you want Ottawa. Ottawa, Ottawa there. Yep. Okay. And uh we're gonna put uh you're putting Saskatchewan in last place. Almost yep. put Montreal there, but you got Montreal way higher than that. And uh CJ, I'm gonna put who have I got left? I got Tirana and uh who have I got? I'm missing. I don't what? know what I'm doing here. Oh, Toronto. That's who I've got. I got Toronto and then Montreal. I was missing a team. Wow, that's kind of unique. There's not one position that we agree straight across on except for the Calgary Stampeders in first place. After that, it goes in a tailspin. It's consistent, It's and it's close. Oh, it, we need to I'm gonna save this. I'm going to save this. And we're going to save this into see what it is at the end of the year. File, where are we going to save it? We're going to save it under documents. Over there. Uh, CFL. And uh, make a new folder here. Go with podcasting. 2019. Predictions. In March. Because <laughs> I'm sure we're going to do more, right? Oh, we just had someone chime in on Facebook. Pablo Delo. Forgive me if I mispronounced your name, by the way. Okay, we got Mark's predictions. I think that's pretty cool. We should post this up on the Facebook group. In fact, that's probably what I'll do. Good idea. Um, Yeah. Should pin it at the top so it's easy to refer to. Winnipeg, Hanson, BC, Edmonton, Calgary, Ottawa, Montreal, Saskatchewan, Toronto. Pablo. Uh, I don't know. You're putting Hamilton a little high, but you know. Not horrible, but Hamilton's a bit high. But it's not horrible. No, not at all. I can't argue with Winnipeg up in top spot. Uh, I think Calgary is the reigning champ. I would have put them in second if I had Winnipeg in first, but hey, everybody's entitled to their opinion, and we like it. So, Pablo, thank you for listening and participating, buddy. Big shout out to you. Okay, where are we going now? We're going to move on to a new topic. I should have somebody posting this. Charles, are you in a computer? Can you post these up? Uh, I can. As we go along? Uh, yeah, I can do that. Just have to find the chat. Here we are. All right. So I can do that. Copy, post, fit this here. Go, boom. Gerard Carter has riders' regrets, but sees the Lions as a new lease on the CFL light. 
Oh, my God. Deron Carter has regrets about how things played out in the Riders last season. What, you mean you didn't get enough time in bowling and curling and shuffleboard and going to movies and everything else with the fans? The fuck, bud? What else you got to do in Regina? Seriously. I mean, who was it? Who was it? Ed Gainey said, man, this town is boring. We really should keep that pick because that's just like an awesome pick. So, yeah, though, had a whole lot of fun. I played seven games at DB. Never thought I'd be playing corner in my life. I guess not. Got two interceptions for touchdowns. That was amazing. But I've done things in Regina that I would take back. Yeah. It was very frustrating. Sure. I was I was poised to come into the season to be playing both ways and have a breakout season that nobody had had in a few years in the CFL, and it just didn't turn out that way. No kid. He still put up a thousand yards and eight touchdowns. I wonder if his yards as the DP running them back count as well. I can't see I him know. having a thousand yards last year. No way. No, he didn't play enough. He never played hard. Oh, sorry, at all sorry, 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 sorry. I didn't read further. It's 2017. Okay, that makes uh, more sense. That makes way more sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. After Carter was re-signed in 2018, the 27-year-old was released by Saskatchewan after seven games, a move that caught him by surprise. (laughs) Caught us all by surprise, actually, quite frankly. I didn't think that Chris Jones would do that, but what the hell. Okay. Thanks for putting up that link there, Charles. Uh, What do you guys think? Deron Carter. Playing in BC, do you think he's actually going to come out and he's going to do something? Is he going to play football? Is he going to tow the company line? Or is he going to come in and be a clown show and be a distraction and everybody's going to get all pissed off at him? What's your take on this one? I'll let you go first, Charles. Well, I'm very much skeptical. I'm very much going wait and see with this because – He's had chance after chance and after chance in the past, and he's seemingly um, everywhere he's gone, it's turned out the same way. But you know what? I'm going to give the one thing I'm holding out uh, for hope is that Nick Lewis is here in BC now, and I'm hoping that Nick Lewis can be. We know that Nick Lewis thinks very highly of Deron Carter, so I'm hoping that. Nick Lewis can be almost like a mentor-type um, stabilizing force for Deron Carter uh, because I know they played together in Montreal. And uh, I think it was, it was on this show that Nick Lewis called Deron Carter one of the best teammates he's ever had. So Correct. that's pretty high praise from a guy that played a lot of years in the CFL. So I'm that's the thing that's really holding out hope for me is that Nick Lewis can be there as sort of a stabilizing influence there for Deron Carter. And um, that's my big hope. I mean, like I said, I'm taking a way-and-see attitude because I know how it's ended up for Deron Carter and most of his other stops. So let's hope he can get a turnaround. At least I'm hoping. Um, I also know that Deron Carter is extremely excited to be playing with Mike Riley this year. So I'm hoping that kind of calms him down somewhat. So... We'll wait and see. We'll see how it uh, turns out. So, like I said, I'm hoping for uh, some help from uh, Nick Lewis on this one this year. Okay, I got a question for you here, Charles. 
Yep. Do we want to calm them down? I don't think we want to calm him down totally, but we don't want him completely out of control. I mean, he played the best football that, when he was completely out of control. And I, I, I was just about to say that, but he was playing good football, no question, but he was still a distraction. So was it two steps forwards, one step back with him at that point? I mean, he's obviously a very talented receiver. He always has been. Um, and he can be very effective, but... He can also be in a, uh, uh, somewhat of a distraction. So uh, I understand what you're saying. Uh, there's got to hopefully be some sort of a happy medium there where uh, he can still, I mean, he's going to express himself no matter what, but hopefully he can somewhat curb it a little bit so it doesn't become a distraction for the rest of the team because it's happened that way in the past. Okay. Mark, it was you that pointed out to me that it was – Jerron Carter would play his best football when he was all to the wall crazy. That's 100% correct. What's your thoughts on him in D.C.? Last year, when he went to Toronto, I think all of us said that this will be good for him. Trestman will be a calming influence. Blah, blah, blah. It lasted seven games. Yeah, Um, And he didn't play in those seven games. Trestman wanted nothing to do with him. He just stood on the sidelines, That's, and he kept his mouth shut. He went off Twitter, and that experiment ended in a dismal failure. You want Deron Carter flipping off on Twitter. You want Deron Carter going on Twitter and saying, hey, guys, I'm going bowling. Anybody want to join me? That That's the 1,000-yard receiver, Deron Carter. You don't want him sitting there going, I'm a good teammate now. I'm just going to play football. I'm not going to celebrate and be crazy. That's not him. Not who we want. We want him hugging officials. Yep. Some players are calm. They don't celebrate and everything else. They just hand the ball to the the ref. When Deron Carter's at his best, he's doing that little shovel thing he does with the ball. And he's flipping off on Twitter and having fun. And he's already started it with his new rap career. He does have a, a, a song out now, so maybe he is starting. And he was a distraction for Toronto, doing nothing, doing absolutely nothing. He was still a distraction. It just comes with the territory with him. But I say let him go. I mean, he was his best in 2013-2014 with the with the Owls before he went down to the States to the, the Colts. He literally was out there. I mean, yeah, he, he scores a touchdown, comes up and hugs an official and gets flagged for it. I'll take that 15 yards. Go score a touchdown. Take 15 yards every time. And who wouldn't he, be excited about playing with Mike Riley? Yeah, exactly. Seriously, you look at the quarterbacks he's had throwing him the football. So, yeah, and who has he had throwing the football to him? Nobody. Well, he had Darian. Montreal. He was playing with Vernon Adams. What? Well, 2017 in Saskatchewan, he was a thousand-yard receiver. Yep. 
Kevin Glenn. Kevin Glenn threw him the football in 2017. Yep. 2018 was a joke. Good quarterback. Passable, acceptable, you know. Yep. Good foot, good quarterback. Not great, but good foot quarterback. Got Duran the ball, and Duran put it in the end zone. That's what he's all about. He's six foot five, eh? That's huge. Well, he's a big receiver, yeah. Wow, pretty excited about this. William, what's your thoughts on this boy? You know what? I think. I kind of, in the back of my head, I've had this in the back of my head for a while. I think he was Bart Tressman's downfall. And I think that's one of the reasons Tressman left. Because they forced Teron Carter on him. And he didn't want him and he didn't play him. And I think that might have been an issue with Jim Pop. But um, if Teron Carter plays like Teron Carter plays, and I, I have no issues with him tweeting and inviting people to movies. Everybody needs friends, right? And he's got to be in the spotlight. I think if things go well this year, I think he'll be BC's number one receiver. I can see it. He's got the talent. Okay. Well, no, there's no doubt he doesn't have the talent. I mean, he has the talent by far and away. And maybe... Maybe, uh, you know, with Nick Lewis there and some other people there, maybe he'll just fit in. Maybe he's gotten a year older and a year more mature. Who knows? Um, Maybe he's starting to realize he's got no place else to go. So, you know, why why not play football? And so he could be their number one receiver this year. So, well, and if he does, that's, that's a tough one when you got Brian Burnham in there. But yeah, but I, I still, I've never, I've never considered Brian Burnham a number one receiver. Oh, I do. I don't. I don't. Okay. Um, I don't think I don't think Brian Burnham is is fast enough for a number one receiver. I still don't think he's a game breaker like a Deron Carter could be or like a Chris Williams used to be or things or a Milt Steagle used to be or I can name a whole bunch of number one receivers. And I think Deron Carter is there if he just keeps his mouth shut and plays football. 3,600 3, yards in three years for Brian Burnham. Uh-huh. That's a number one receiver on just about every team in the CFL. Twelve hundred yards a season. I have a I have a different definition for a number one receiver. That's okay, def- define it. Tell me what what do you got? A number one receiver is a game breaker. I don't think Brian Burnham is a game breaker. A Chris a Chris or a Chris, what's his name from Ottawa? Ellingson. Now there's a game. There's a no Craig Ellingson. There's a number one receiver. Well, he's not there anymore. Um, he's in Edmonton. In Edmonton now. No, I know that. I know that. I understand that. Who was the guy that Edmonton lost to Toronto? Darrell I think Walker. He's the best rec- Darrell Walker. He's a number one receiver. Okay. 
Okay. What about Brad Sinopoli? No. No. He's a possession receiver. He's a possession okay. receiver. He's not a burner. He's not gonna out he's not gonna he's not gonna outrun everybody. Okay. Hmm. Interesting. Kamar Jordan. Kamar Jordan was a number one receiver. He never will be again. But so you're saying Manny was a number one receiver, but Brian Burnham was not. You know what? I I I'm gonna I'm gonna not answer that because, to be honest with you, I never paid attention to Manny Arsenault when. He was in his prime, but everybody tells me he was BC's number one receiver. Oh, so, he, he, he won games for us. Yeah, no doubt about that. Yeah. Single-handedly. Okay, and, and right, out of, right out of Manny's mouth on an interview I heard, he was saying a lot of great receivers on teams are great because they have a great number one receiver. And he was referring to the BC Lions, okay? So, because Manny still considers himself the number one receiver. So, who knows? I mean, you always, there's, there's a lot of great number two receivers out there, but would they be great if they didn't have a number one receiver? No, you have you know to have I mean? somebody that take, takes the, the double coverage and leaves you open. Right. right. There's somebody out there that has to demand the respect from the defense on the other side. Right. And I think, right? I think, and I think if Deron Carter does well, Brian Burnham will do even better. Than Quite he likely, has in because... The He'll attract more attention yeah. and open up more field yeah. for Brian Burnham. And that's quite yeah. true. Well, I think you have to respect both of them. They're both yeah. extremely yeah. talented Absolutely. receivers. Absolutely. Then maybe that means it's a big year for Shaq Johnson. Who knows? It could be. Yeah. Could be. Could be. Mark, you got some input in this, or did we get there with you already, or what happened? <laughs> yeah, I did this already. We did this already. Okay, Charles, if we, we're moving on here now with the main free agency over. Did the Riders get better or did they get worse? Did you put that link up? I'm doing that right now. Okay, anybody out there in podcast land, you guys tell me, did the Riders get better? Did they get worse? In, in this article by Jamie Nye, which I read a few days ago and I haven't read since, uh, he basically says that the Riders broke even in free agency. They got Micah Johnson. They lost Willie Jefferson. They got Zach Caleros back. They didn't get their number one receiver or number one quarterback that they wanted. They got their number one receiver back in Natum Roosevelt. So they basically said the Riders broke even. They're not better. They're not worse from free agency. He that says, oh, my fucking God. Because every other team got better, except maybe Calgary. But I don't think Calgary got worse. So they were already up there. So, yeah, the Riders were in second place in the West, but I think that was a, that, that just like playing above your pay grade. I think they just they got there, but maybe they shouldn't have or whatever. But that's, uh, that's not me picking on the Riders. It's just my personal opinion. I think they got more victories last year than what they should have. 
and uh, and more power to them. Don't get me wrong. They got, they got to host a home playoff game. That was uh that's a wonderful thing for Ryder nation, but I think they, they didn't, they didn't earn a couple of those victories. So maybe they shouldn't have had the host of that home playoff game, but yeah, I'm, I'm not going to say that. Did they get better? Or did they get worse after free agency? Jamie Nye says it's a wash. Mark, did you watch this? Have you been watching, yeah. following the Saskatchewan Rough Riders? What do you think is going to happen to your arch nemesis across the prairie? Uh, the prairie. I think a wash would be about the best way you could put it. Yeah, you know they did. They lost Jefferson. They brought in Micah Johnson. But like the article Nye says, it's in the linebacking court that they could be in trouble. Yeah. Because they lost a Govan to the NFL. And it they looks lost, like they're They gonna... lost Santos Knox. Yep. No, Winnipeg lost Santos Knox. No, oh, that's right. Sorry. My bad. Yeah. No, they lost Sam a Govan. Um That's it. Yeah, but now they're looking at starting rookies or, you know. Who knows? Maybe Sam Hurl will have a really good training camp. And but they did. But they did re-sign Sam Hurl, so they're yes. okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Mister Utility. Yep. <laughs> um, offensively, they haven't changed a lot. Yeah, they brought in. Um, what the? Now I've got the Will syndrome. They brought in Manny from BC. Yeah. But and Naaman Roosevelt. Know. But is Manny a number two receiver still in the CFL? Oh, I think he's Manny thinks he's a number one receiver. I know he's a number one. I think he's quality enough to be a number two receiver. Providing he heals properly from his ACL tear. Exactly. He's got amazing hands. He went from thinking about retirement to I'm going to be the number one receiver. No, there's... It's you don't flick a switch that easy with injuries like that. Just ask Maurice Leggett last year in Winnipeg. Um, they didn't improve at quarterback, obviously, because they got the same one back. Uh, but but are they worse at quarterback? Because he he wasn't there much last year, right? If he did, he play half the games. The other half was picked up by Brandon Bridge and a couple others. Well, they don't have Brandon Bridge anymore. They've got nobody coming up the back end on him. Nope. And the, where they did improve offensively, though, is Chris Jones is no longer the head coach. <laughs> to take Deron Carter and make him into a D-back. To take a defensive back and turn him into the um, short yardage running back or a quarterback. Um, so automatically, I think they get better a little offensively just because Chris Jones isn't there and Dickinson is obviously going to spend a little bit more time worrying about the offense. Well, he's in some serious trouble if he doesn't. Oh, yeah, if they start doing the um, changing quarterbacks every play again. Yeah. like Again, losing Chris Jones might be the best thing that happened to Saskatchewan's offense. Yeah, I yeah. don't think Craig Dickinson is the guy that's going to do that, that's going to flip, no. flip-flop coach play. Flip-flop quarterbacks one play after the other. That was stupid. Okay, you, you got David Watford and you got Cody Fajardo backing up Zach Caleros. You better pray that nothing happens to Zach Caleros. And we all know that those prays are going to be in vain. 
So who they got coming to the plate? No serious pinch hitter here. Oh. Let's face it, Clarence goes down again. They're screwed. <laughs> There's no really two ways to look at that. You're not gonna put you're not gonna put your season in the hands of David Watford or Cody Fajardo and think you're going anywhere. No one's that no. stupid. No, they have to pick up Kevin Gwen. They have to. Drew Willie's out there. That's where he started his career. He can finish it there. We laugh about Drew Willie, but he's still probably better than the other two they already got. Yeah. Yep. So, you know, I mean, David Watford, the only thing he's got going for him, he was there last year with the playbook, but then that playbook's gone. You would assume, even though it's the same offensive coordinator, you would assume it's going to be a vastly different playbook. Yeah. It better be. And and the acquisition of William Powell. Yeah. That's a very good pickup. Probably (laughs) one of the best running backs in the league. And Saskatchewan always plays better football when they're running the ball because their quarterbacks are always junk. So, yeah. William, you're on the sidelines quiet in this discussion. Jump in, buddy. Well, you know what? I, I think I think Jamie Nye's right. It's a wash. But, as Mark said, their offense is going to get better without Chris Jones there. But I don't think their defense is going to be as good. Oh, and see, that's, that's, that's a good that, point. That is going to be scary if their defense is not as good and their offense sucks shit like it did last year. That's going to be a scary carried team. them last year. That's going to be a scary team. I think their defense outscored their offense, as a matter of fact. I, I, so, I believe they did, too. I think I proved that, although I do still get arguments from Ryder fans. Of course. They'll argue about anything. Yeah. But, yeah, so, I, think they, you know. I think they got 11 touchdowns on defense and eight on um, – Offense. Something like that. It was terrible. It was absolutely terrible. There was one point where they went like four games with one offensive touchdown or something like that. Yeah, yeah it was Yeah, it was real. Their offense was horrible this year. It was horrible. Well, it, and so it hasn't think, changed that much. No, and I, I'm hoping they're trying out there to, to sign Kevin Glenn, to be honest with you. Because right now, I think they're that's the only thing that will not. help them. Yep. So. Okay. Are we ready to move on? Do we have another link? And is anybody actually paying attention to us out there? I don't know. Nobody's listening. Nobody's, Nobody's listening. listening. They always listen to it on repeat. That's the whole problem. So that's why I wanted to try this game chat or a podcast chat, see if it was a good idea and see if it worked. But we're not getting a lot of response there, but anyhow, so let's move on. Maybe people will respond after the fact. Who knows? Yeah, I don't know. Do we leave the link up? It looks kind of lame. Um, with Johnny Football now gone, can Antonio Pimpkin, Pipkin, can he make the cut? Is he the number one starter in Montreal? What's going to happen? Well. You're the quarterback guru. I like I like 
Pipkin, actually. I don't I don't even think Johnny Manziel should have started any games. I just thought they should have left Pipkin in. I think he's got an upside to him, and that's why I picked him where I picked him. I think it's all on Pipkin. And I think he has a neck tattoo. Yeah, well, what are you going to do? I know what and your thoughts he, on that he, are. He, <laughs> yeah, I know. He had a... He had a poor childhood or something, so he had to get a neck cut, too. Um, but, I mean, I think he's the best of what they got. And so, hey, you know what? I, the way I look at it is Montreal's been so bad for so long, they have to get better. And is Pipkin the man? I think he might be. So we shall see. He showed more than Johnny Football showed in my mind. So, I, I don't think that they need an all-star quarterback. I think what they need is a consistent quarterback. If they yeah. can have somebody that's going to come to practice, come to work, come to games, and perform at a consistent level and consistently get a little bit better, the team will follow. Yep. But as it sits right now, they 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 have had three quarterbacks in one game, with no injuries. How do you do that? The, the worst part of all of this is they have the same coach. Mike Sherman is still there. <laughs> right. You gotta you gotta have consistency at the coaching level, anyways. So I think that's a good thing he's still there because I don't think he did badly last year. He had three quarterbacks start playing the same game. Well, he's not he's not picking the players. It's that other guy, and he shouldn't have a job, okay? But he still does. So, you know, what are you going to do? But um, and I also could – you know, Pipkin did show something last year in my mind. So, we'll see. Charles, what's your thoughts on this one? Well, Pipkin showed some uh, some very good uh, um, things last year. He also had parts where he had some very poor performances <coughs> last year. I remember one in particular against the Lions. But, you know what? Young quarterbacks are going to have that. He showed, I think, enough. Uh, when he played, that he probably should be the number one guy, and he probably should have been uh, even if Johnny Manziel came back because, like Will said, he showed a lot more than Johnny Manziel ever showed. So I think he looks like he's got the tools. Give him some more coaching. And I think the fact that Johnny Manziel is gone now can only be a positive factor for him because – even when he was playing, people were saying well, there were still idiots out there. Well, why aren't you playing Johnny Manziel? Why aren't you playing Johnny Manziel? That's not there anymore. So he can just go out there, concentrate on playing football. And I honestly think that right now he would be my number one guy because I think he shows potential. He's young, but he's still got um, he's still got uh, some upside for sure. And uh, if he can build off of some of the stuff he did uh, last year. I think for sure he'd be he'd be my pick for the number one guy, no question. Mark, your thoughts? Quarterbacking in Montreal. Yeah, you know you got to go with Pipkin. 
Um, there'd be no reason he wouldn't have been the starting quarterback, really, even if Manziel was still there. Uh, he did show flashes of being a decent, serviceable quarterback, as little experience as he ha- has right now. I think if they just let him work through it, they won't have a bad guy. And let's face it, Montreal, they need some stability at quarterback. Badly. What do they bring in an average of about seven in preseason? Would that be close to average for them the last four years, five years? Well, they've brought in 12 a couple of times. (laughs) You'd have to be bringing in 30 to bring that average down to seven. I think they've had 96 quarterbacks in the last three years. So, <laughs> a ridiculous number. Yeah, no, it's they need some stability at quarterback. Uh, the the LOS franchise reminds me a lot of the Bomber franchise at one point, where there was constant different quarterbacks and different players and everything else. If they can get a consistent quarterback, they'll be okay. <laughs> They're in the East Division. So if they can get consistent play out of Pitkin, or I think that they'll be okay. I'm not saying playoffs okay, but at least they'll be a bit more competitive than they have been. So, okay. That's I have a question for you, Mark. Hmm. Jonathan Jennings, Antonio Pipkin, or uh, James Franklin? Who's your better pick? Uh, much as I hate to say it, I'd probably go with Jennings. Yeah, just because he's got to. more experience, and he's and he's he been there, he's year. done it. Yeah, well, he's, he's had, had the least had a good year. Yeah. Okay. So you know, Montreal's got to do a little bit more than a little bit to get some wins in that Eastern Division, because I honestly think that there's better teams, and I know you guys didn't call uh, Ottawa to be that good of a team, but they are. They're going to be. They're going to show it. Well, let's put it this way. If Dominic, Dominic Davis beats out Jonathan Jennings in training camp for the number one, number one spot, Ottawa, Jonathan Jennings is, done in Ottawa, Ottawa is in trouble. They're in bigger Dominic trouble than Davis you think at that horrible. point. He's horrible in my mind. I don't think he's going to be the number one receiver or quarterback. I don't think he was brought in to be the number one quarterback. So okay, yeah, I I, I think they're banking their franchise. Not, on he's not capable. No, he's not. Okay, Charles, you have anything to add to this one? Uh, I already went on Pipkin. Oh, did you? Okay, so that's a wrap. Moving on. Is there anyone out there? I don't know, Will. It doesn't look like it. Uh, With Mike Riley now in the Vancouver, do we expect an off-season resurgence for the Lions? Well, going back two or three weeks ago, I... Off the field, sorry. Off the field. Uh, Resurgence. Basically, we're talking about butts in the seats. Okay, maybe some media attention, maybe a couple other things like this. Two or three weeks ago, I did a little spiel with you guys and told you my opinion of why attendance sucks in Vancouver. And it has everything to do with BC Place Stadium being the boat anchor around their neck. And if they could get out to the valley, 
things would be so much better for them. My opinion on that has not changed. My opinion of Mike Riley coming in and cha- turning this franchise around and putting 55,000 seats back, butts in the seats back in BC Place, I am not holding my breath on that one. Will we see a resurgence? We have. You know, uh, the renewal of season tickets is up 25%. Uh, are we going to start seeing some more ticket sales? Yes, I think we are. But I don't New think we're going to... New sales are up set. 100%. We're, we're not going to break attendance records. It's not going to happen in BC again. So uh, it's sad to say that, but I don't think that that's. I don't think this is going to be the resurgence that everybody wants it to be, or 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 they need it to be. You call it. I don't know. Mark, I'm going to let you go first. Let Charles think about it for a bit. Getting Riley has to brings more people into the stands. You've got the best quarterback in the CFL. You know, the numbers look good uh, from what we're reading here, the 200% and everything else. Even if it only averages up to, say, a couple of thousand more a game, that's huge for BC. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the, the days are gone of 55,000 people packing BC place. It's just it's not going to happen in any city across the country now for football. It just doesn't happen. You know, even Saskatchewan is struggling to get full houses. It's papered full, but there's empty seats. So for BC to even get a couple of thousand more, it's great. But they also have to work with the local print reporters and TV reporters into talking about them more. And I think Riley will help that a lot. And he's pretty out there in the community, or at least he was with Edmonton, so I'm assuming he's going to be doing the same thing with BC. So, like, you know, we say the the days of the 55,000 are gone, but if they can even get the average up to 24, 25,000, that'd be amazing. Yeah. And if Riley doesn't work, that new hamburger slash chicken finger <laughs> slash I'm, hot dog... I'm, I'm there. I'm there. I'm there for the hamburger, man. They actually had an eating contest yesterday on that. Did you guys see that? No. How do you eat Yeah, who was it? It was was Nick Lewis was in it. Um, Ryan Chu. Nick Lewis won. No doubt about it. Nick Lewis won. Yes, he did. You're right. (laughs) (laughs) A, how did you eat that thing? B, what does it cost? Thirty-five bucks? Forty? Oh, bucks? it'll be expensive. The normal burgers there are nearly to almost twenty bucks. Oh my god! Yeah, I don't know. I'm not. Uh, I'm not all over that one. I don't like the concept of that burger. It just doesn't do anything for me. Well, it gives you a heart attack looking at it. Yeah. Neil Kroll said he wanted two. <laughs> of course he did. I, you know what? I, I, I bet Neil could eat that. You know, oh, I, I'm, I'm not, very good. Not not saying anything bad about you there, Neil, in any way, shape, or form. I just honestly think that you're capable of eating that. Me, I I couldn't. I couldn't even get a, a third of the way through that thing, man. No. 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 Okay. <laughs> uh, Charles, coming back at you, BC Lions. 
Mike Riley, is he going to take make a significant difference at the turnstiles for the BC Lions? Well, it depends what the definition is of significant. I'm with you. You're not going to get the 50,000 seats per game uh, in the CFL anymore. That's not going to happen. And, uh, those days, le- hell, those days left in like the 80s. There was a resurgence in the 90s. Now, can you get 50000 as a one-off for like a playoff game, a Western final or something like that? Sure, that I could see. You're not going to get it all season long. It's just not, it's not going to happen. Now, can he bump it, especially if they keep winning? Can they, if they start winning, can we see it rise up and playing entertaining football? Could we see it rise up to where you're averaging around the 25000 range? I think that's obtainable. Hell, in, in uh, seasons where we're playing like crap, they were getting around twenty thousand and an average. You play You got a guy like Mike Riley. You're playing entertaining football. You're playing winning. I can see it bump up to twenty five thousand, uh, twenty five to thirty thousand. Hell, I remember back in the late nineties, early two thousands, the team was crap. The Damon Allen years, for the most part, the team was struggling year after year. They were drawing 13,000, 14,000 fans. I mean, it was empty. You'd walk into that building. It was like a giant cave. It wasn't fun to go. I mean, I still went every game, but it wasn't fun because it was so silent. There was like 14,000 in that stadium looked like about 5,000. But then what happened? Bobby Ackles came in. He got the pulse of the, the community. He brought in Wally Buono. They brought in Dave Dickinson. That and in a couple of years they went from there to averaging around thirty to thirty-five thousand. Are they going to get to that level yet? I don't know, but can they get up around the twenty-five thousand as an average? I can't rule that out. So we'll see. The big thing is everyone likes to back a winner. So if they start winning and they're playing entertaining football, you will see the average t- uh, attendance rise. There's no doubt in my mind. Okay. William, you going to come out and see well, the PC Lions this year? Um, no, because there's only two games that I could go to. Mm. One game, last game of the season. <laughs> yeah, there's no point in that. Okay. No, because that'll be a nothing game, no doubt. Be a nothing a game. Plan. Gu- guaranteed. Glorified exhibition. Let's hope the money they spent will increase attendance a little bit. Uh, I don't know. I don't know the heartbeat of that place. I I don't know why they don't sell out every game, but you guys have opinions on that. Because um, I think every CFL game should sell out every game because it's good football. But people don't like football, I guess. I don't know. A lot of people don't mean, understand it. Yeah, that's the problem. That's the problem. Football's not an easy game to understand. It really isn't. You know, it's organized confusion out there. When you sit down and watch a game for the first time and you don't know what the hell's going on, you look at it and go, what the hell's going on? Yeah, I mean, I can see that. Most American players come up here and go, what the hell's going on? And they've been playing football their whole life. And, I mean, my wife says it's like watching paint dry, so, you know. I, I really, it, I don't know. I, I I can't see it look, like watching paint dry. I don't find this to be a boring game in that aspect. 
it would be confusing well, as hell. But but you, like watching but you play you played football, That's so you know tennis. what they're doing. Okay, you know what they're doing. Let's face it. So, yeah, you don't have to play football to understand the game. There's a lot of people out there that understand the game. There's a lot of women that watch the game, and there's some kids out there that know more about football than we ever dream about knowing. Well, and, and you know what, though? The, the biggest thing is, for example, when you get a defensive struggle, everybody calls it boring football. Me as a football fan, I can appreciate that because I know what's going on. As opposed to people, it's just like, you know, the more scoring, the more excited people get, right? Because that's the exciting part of the game in most people's eyes. I mean, I'm sure most people think that those two lines, all they do is run into each other. There's no rhyme or reason for it. And we all know there is. Oh, yeah. So, you know, and I've taken many people two football games, and I have done this, and you guys are probably going to say, no, you haven't, but yes, I have. I will explain things to people, and it's I'm not that smart, okay? It's not that complicated. Let's face it. And But people just don't understand. I mean, I'm, I'll, toot, I'll toot the horn. I think football is the greatest sport on the face of the earth because it's it's complicated and you have to get 12 people in sync with each other to make it work. And people don't grasp that concept. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's a it's a multi-level chess game. You don't you know, just get to I move mean, one piece at once. You get to move 12. I mean, you think about hockey. Hockey is simple. I'm sorry. It's simple. Okay? Football is not that simple. I'll, I'll tell you the difference in these sports. If you go and watch five-year-olds play soccer or five-year-olds play hockey or five-year-olds play football, totally different games. Yep. The soccer and the hockey are exactly the same. Everybody runs to the ball or the puck or whatever else, and they run around in a circle. When five-year-olds are playing football, they have positions. They move different things. They've got the quarterback. He throws the ball. They they run the ball. They do whatever they're supposed to do, right? It's a t- they play a game. Soccer and hockey, they don't play a game. It's just a little group of people walking it, running around in a circle. That just kind of moves wherever the ball goes. <laughs> Have you guys Absolutely. noticed that, or is it just me? Yep. No. Nope, well, no. And I I I actually watched a video today of my grandson playing soccer. And uh, he scored eight goals. But five of them? In one game? Yes, five of them (laughs) was on his own net. net. Oops. Yep. I cried. It was hilarious. But they're like like a pack of bees, okay? They all run in a clump. They all run in a clump. And occasionally one or two kids will lay down on the field to have a break. It's just, it made me cry. I was laughing so hard. So, and I hope some year my sister or my daughter-in-law realizes that my grandson is built for football and he should be playing football. So, we'll see. Okay. Mark, coming at you. Or, no, you've been on this one, haven't you? I started with you. Yes, I have. Okay. Well, then I guess we're moving on. Segment six, Rick Campbell. 
says there is going to be a competition for quarterback. Who do we think is the favorite, Jennings or Davis? Well, I think we've all established that if it's Davis, <laughs> they're done. Everything that I said about the Ottawa Red Blacks not being as pathetic as they are would be incorrect. And please take the opposite if Dom Davis becomes the quarterback in Ottawa. That would be like Brandon Bridge. Uh, I don't know. Sorry, Brandon, Brandon Bridge is better. He can run. Who, who signed him? Toronto. He's been with them. Toronto. He's been with them. For, oh, yeah, Toronto signed Brandon Bridge. Okay. So, who wants to jump on this one first? Anybody? Will, you've already made your comment on Dom Davis. Well, you want to I reiterate mean, it's, it? It's, yeah, I mean, you know, we've seen two seasons of upsize, upside to JJ. Okay. But if he's still as bad as he's been the last couple of years, Dom Davis could beat him out. And then they're in trouble because, I mean, how many games did he play for Winnipeg two years ago? I think two or three. And he was horrible. Bomber fans would tell you too many. Yeah. He was not good. So, I, I, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. I think every team out there that doesn't have an established quarterback is in trouble. So. Well, that's half the league. That is correct. Luckily, half of them are in the East. Oh, four of them are in the East. At least three. Yeah, but I also include Halifax in that thing, so. Well, that's what I said. Three. So I mean, there's four teams in the league that are that are, have a questionable quarterbacking situation right now: the Riders in the West, and Toronto, Montreal, and Ottawa in the East. Okay, so four out of the nine teams have questionable quarterbacks. All right, Mark. Well, let's just You're a big Dom it, Davis fan, aren't you? He was he was awesome in Winnipeg. Oh yeah, I loved watching him here. Um, if Dom Davis beats out Jonathan Jennings, then Jonathan Jennings is done in the CFL. Yep. There's no reason whatsoever for him to stay in the CFL if Dom Davis beats him out. Davis is a run around in the pocket, and then try to get five yards with his legs. First, second, third, and then throwing fourth. He just doesn't have the experience, and I don't think Ottawa has time to groom a quarterback over three or four seasons, and Davis has been in the league already, what, four years, five years. He's not a new quarterback. So this is Jennings' job to lose I really don't know if you could call it a competition it's his job to lose if he screws up in training camp then and doesn't get the starting job over Dominic Davis Ottawa's in deep deep trouble 
Agreed. Charles, thoughts on Dom here? Thoughts on Jonathan? Well, I mean, I can't see him not beating out Dominic Davis. Like Mark says, if he if uh, he doesn't beat out Dominic Davis, he's done in the CFL. I'm sorry. Uh, I'm not uh, high on Dominic Davis at all. I don't know if anyone that is. Has he done anything more... Um, Anything more substantial than a one-yard plunge? And I'm being serious on that because I remember one time they said, oh, Dominic Davis had three touchdowns in this game. All of them came from one yard. Big freaking deal. I mean, uh, he's never been a good passer. Um, Boy, I, I have trouble seeing Dominic Davis as a number two guy, to be honest, let alone a number one guy, because if he's coming in as a number two guy... And I've got no confidence in him as the starter goes out. I'm sorry. I just don't see him as any type of uh, answer at quarterback. So if if Jonathan Jennings goes into training camp and can't beat out a guy like um, Dominic Davis, I'm sorry. You just uh, – you, you, I don't know where you go from that, quite frankly. I mean, he's more screwed up uh, – um, psychologically uh, than I thought, if that's the case. Because, quite frankly, you should not... There's no reason... I mean, if you're looking at good um, football play as uh, from a quarterback perspective, uh, you take Jonathan Jennings every time, or at least you should. So, if you're going in there and, and Dominic Davis wins out the job... Boy, that says a lot about you right now. You've got to win that job, and um, boy, uh, I got to think Jonathan Jennings will do that. I think that the um, change of scenery from BC to Ottawa is going to do him good. Uh, so I think he will be the starter for Ottawa come uh, week one. But uh, if he's not, not only is that a bad sign for Jonathan Jennings, it's a bad sign for the Ottawa Red Blacks. Because if you're going into the season with Dominic Davis as your number one guy, you're in for a long season. Yeah, no doubt about that. Okay. Um, I don't know what to do here. Okay. Segment seven. It's time for the CFL Combines. Do we have any real interest in the Combine, and will the results have any drastic changes on draft order? It always changes draft order, uh, whether or not a, a player actually participates in the combines. Because a lot of players, or not a lot, but some players don't participate in the combines because they expect to be drafted high enough in the NFL that they're going to get a contract. So they don't really give a shit about the CFL draft. It's usually an alignment, but you know what I mean? That, that happens year in, year out. No, I'm not going to be in the combines. No, I'm not going to be in the combines. So, anyhow, Charles, what's your thoughts here? Uh, it will have some bearing. I don't think it'll be a drastic bearing. Like, I don't think you're going to see a guy who's, like, ranked number 30 have a good combine, and all of a sudden he goes into the top five. I really don't think that's likely to happen, and I really don't think that's the purpose of the combine. I think it's more of generally a last um, look for a lot of teams just to uh, – 
kind of get one last look at some of these players before the draft and just kind of, you know, either confirm or, you know, uh, whether or not they're capable of, of um, doing what they're doing. Um, as for watching the comp, well, they don't televise the combine anyways. Thank God, because quite frankly, I've seen the NFL combine on TV, and my God, it's as boring as hell. It's it's like watching paint dry. Watching guys run the 40 over and over again, not exactly good TV watching. Not must-see TV as far as I'm concerned. So, I mean, I'll be interested. I'll probably read up on the results a little bit and so on, but... Um, I, it can have some movement. I don't think it's enough to have a, a drastic effect on the draft. Okay, fair, fair comments, fair comments. William, do you do you follow the uh, U Sports football? I I I do I do um, a little bit, not as much as I follow the CFL, and I've gone to I've gone to lots of Dino games. Um, on Saturdays because my wife is usually working and I have nothing better to do but go to football games. Um, but uh, this year, the Combine has a personal interest for me because uh, a friend of mine, he's, he's got two sons that play for York University, and one of them has already gotten invited to the National Combine. His name is uh, Colton Hunchak, so remember that that name. He's a uh, he's a receiver, and his brother uh, got invited to the regional ones. So if he does well at the regional ones, he can make it to the national one. But his biggest issue is he's a Canadian quarterback. So unless he changes to wide receiver, but you know what? The difference, and I don't know if you guys know the difference between the NFL Combine and the CFL Combine. The NFL Combine doesn't have one-on-ones, okay? The CFL Combine combine does. So I don't care how much a guy can bench press. I don't care how much a guy can, how fast the guy runs the 40. To me, it's when they're when they're against guys on one-on-ones is where you can really tell the difference. And a guy's stock can move up big time if he does well in the one-on-ones. So, you know, they say there's lots of guys out there who look like Tarzan and play like Jane, okay? Um, and the combines show you who the real football players are in my mind. So, and more so for defensive backs and receivers. So, I will watch it for sure, bits and pieces of it. But as Charles said, it is it is like watching paint dry. But, I mean, you never get you never get the top Canadians there anyways because they're all trying to go to the NFL, and I understand that. But you still, if you watch the CFL Combines, you might see some guys this year on CFL teams that make a difference. So there you go. Okay. Mark, your last shot at this. I'm relatively interested in it simply because the um, Bombers have three picks in the first 14 picks. Uh, So just curious to see who's in it. And Will is right that it's more about the one-on-ones and stuff like that. Like Johnny Augustine a couple of years ago, obviously none of us had ever heard of the kid. And 
went into the combine on one-on-ones was destroying defensive backs. And he parlayed it into getting into the draft and is now with the Bombers. He's been on the CFL team since. So you do get the odd guys that do jump up with those, but let's face it, it's a CFL draft. What is the first round generally? Offensive linemen. Offensive linemen. You start getting down to about the eighth or ninth pick, then you get the Canadian receivers. And then after that, it's just whoever's around. Um, having watched the Combine when CFL week was here, Charles, it is far worse to watch it live than it is on TV, because at least on TV you can change the channel. Yep. Uh, on, it's, it's really, really hard to watch, even the one-on-ones and stuff, because there's three or four going on at once. There's stuff going on everywhere. It's really, really hard to watch. So, and it is paint dry. Wait, do you really want to watch an offensive lineman run a forty? No. Really. No, it's no, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, you do get the odd player that jumps up with it, and that's what it's for. It's more it's mostly for the coaches and the GMs just to get a read on their personalities, if nothing else. You know, if they're going to fit with the team. So. Go ahead, Christopher. Yeah, I don't really – I've never watched the Combines. I have no desire to watch them or participate in them or look at them or do anything else. They just simply does not interest me until a draft player uh, makes the roster. Until then, it's, it's to me, it's a waste. I have no desire to do that in any way, shape, or form. Now – uh, so that being finished there, I'm going to do something really terrible to you guys, okay? I kind of put it out there to Charles a few minutes ago. I, I'm i uh, not doing well, and I have been kind of sick, and uh, I'm falling asleep here, and i got to be up at 5, 4.30 in the morning, and I'm going to bail out right now and call it a show. You guys are more than welcome to continue and talk football for the next 45 minutes or half an hour or whatever is left and go at it. Are you good with this? Yep. Yep, I'm good. I, I, sure, I I'm good. Get, I just simply can't stay awake. I'm just not doing well. Okay, I've been and there. I I apologize to everybody. You guys take care. Have a good evening. All righty. Must have must have partied too hard with his four year old grandson. You never know. Yeah. Down to Chuck E. Cheese, and you get in that ball pit, and who knows? Um, yeah, so the combine. Uh, yeah, so, I mean, I certainly, I mean, for the teams, it obviously has some some merit and some interest because you want to see the guys playing and so on. You know, I never knew that fact that you brought up, though, Mark. Or No, I guess it was Will that brought that up, that uh, the um, NFL combine has – does not have one-on-ones, but the CFL one does. Because the one-on-ones uh, would be a little bit more interesting to watch, personally. Oh, yeah. I would think so. Yeah. Out of all the events, the one-on-one is, at least it's got some action. Yes. that To, yeah. to me, that makes sense. So, yeah. And the NFL is all about fitting the prototype. Right. You have to be this tall to be at that position. You have to weigh this much. You have to jump this much. And it doesn't matter what you do on the field. Yeah. They don't care. They just want the prototype. 
And you know what? It's funny because uh, I listened to the Waggle this weekend. David, it was about the draft, and David Sanchez says nobody would have ever heard about him if it wasn't for the CFL combines and the one-on-ones because he says he never, ever tested well, but he was a monster on the field. We all know that. Mm-hmm. Okay, so, and he said that made his career right there. And the other thing we got to keep in mind is it's also where where uh, teams get to interview these kids, okay, and ask them all kinds yeah. of silly questions. And it tells you a lot about where a guy's brain brain space is. And actually, on the waggle, they were talking about some of the questions these guys get asked. One of them, and I thought it was really odd, was, "Do you think do you think your mother is attractive?" Why would you even ask that question? Okay. I don't know. You know, everybody thinks their mother's attractive in that mother kind of way, of course, right? I think another one of them, they were were saying another one was, when did you lose your virginity? Um, Again, what does that have to do with football? It it has nothing to do with football, but I think they want to see where their brain space is, okay? And if they can answer these kind of off-the-wall questions. Yeah, I guess so. Okay, that I can understand, but I bet you some of those those answers are hilarious, okay? Mm -hmm. I'm sure they are, but it's just too weird. It's certainly probably an eye-opener for these guys. They're like, oh, um, okay. <laughs> so is Chris Jones then asking the 300-pound defensive ends or offensive linemen if they could play kicker? Probably. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Anyways, um... <laughs> Anything else on the um here on the um what you on the uh combine? Nope. Nope. No, I'm good. All right, very good. So let's move on. So this week marked the twenty fifth anniversary of the passing of former Argos quarter, former Argos owner John Candy. Of course he's an actor as well as most people probably know. Is he was he one of the best owners that the Argos have had in recent memories? And do you think that if he was still around, he would still have a piece in the team? Because if you remember going back to I think it was 1991, they brought in that um, this trio of uh, Bruce McDowell, Wayne Gretzky, and John Candy, and they bought the Argos in early '91. And I remember when they brought them in. They were bringing in all these high-profile halftime acts. They, I remember their first game, they brought in the Blues Brothers, and they had a whole bunch of them. And, hey, they were getting crowds. They were getting 40, 40 to 50,000 crowds in Skydome. I think it's the last time they actually uh, got crowds like that uh, in Toronto. So he was a guy, John Candy, that loved uh, being involved in the CFL. He loved hanging around the players. He was always a... Uh, on almost all their road games, and uh, he was one of their big, um, their big um, biggest supporters. So, 
what what do you guys think of John Caddy? He was a a big time supporter in the CFL, and um, yeah, what do you guys think? I'll start with Mark. Uh, I think you definitely have to say, even with the current regime, that he since he did own the team that he was the best owner or part of the best group of owners that the Argos had had because they all cared about the team, especially Candy. Yep. He cared about the team. He cared about the league, the fans, everything. I met him several times when the Argos were staying at the hotel I worked at then. And he was just as funny and just wanted to have fun as you would think. Mm-hmm. He was a huge promoter of the league. Yep. And I, you know, you don't know for sure if he would still have any ownership stake in it now, but he'd still be around the league. Mm-hmm. You'd still see him showing up. Like, he, could you imagine him at CFL week? He would have been in, having a blast. Yep. He would be at every CFL week they had. Mm-hmm. That was just what he did. How he had fun. Well, from what I've heard too, it was John Candy that really led those guys to get um, Wayne Gretzky and Bruce McNall on board when they bought the um, bought the team because he was a he loved the CFL and he always wanted to be a football player growing up. He didn't want to be an actor. He wanted to be a football player, but apparently he got injured in playing. I think his last year of high school football. Uh, to a point where he could not play anymore. So and that ended up leading him into acting. So, uh, Will, what were your thoughts, uh, you know, John Candy, uh, the Argos owner? Well, anybody who's a supporter of the CFL is, is great. Would he still own them today? Who knows, right? There's lots of things that go on in people's lives and so on True. and so forth. But you know what? I mean, those games, you always remember those games because he was always on the sidelines. And uh, he's one of the funniest guys I've ever watched. Okay. And, uh, yeah, so anybody who supports the CFL is okay with me. I don't know about his two uh, his two teammates, uh, Wayne Gretzky and uh, and what's-his-name, because we Bruce know what McDowell. happened to what's-his-name. He name. went to jail. McDowell. Yes, he went to jail. And I don't know what Wayne's doing these days, but um, so who knows? Who knows? But yeah, those were those were fun times back then. So, but I really don't have much more to say than that. Other than he might have still owned them, but who knows? Yep. Who knows? Whether he owned it or not, I think he probably still would have had some sort of involvement because he was just a guy that wanted to be involved uh, right. and wanted and to be he, around. The and community. is he is he originally from Toronto? Yes. Yes. Okay. Yep, so. Yep. All right, so we've kind of got into the end of our agenda here, the one I kind of just threw together quickly uh, at the end. So we've got 25 minutes left on the show. So um, we can kind of just go into open um Discussion there, and um, you know, if there's something we want to talk about, oh, Mark just put up a picture. What's this? Oh, yeah, this is a good one because this is, uh, I'm glad you brought this up, Mark, because this one uh, has been um, 
a source of a lot of discussion over the past week uh, because the Calgary Grey Cup Committee have put out the prices for the 2019 Grey Cup game. You're going to have to pay a lot of money if you want to go see this game because the the, the lowest ticket is $119. So, yeah, I, I believe for the most part, most Grey Cups, you can, there are tip... Typically, tickets you can get for under a hundred bucks. Not here. Lowest going one nineteen. If you want the primo seats, the, like the best seats in the house, four hundred and nineteen dollars is what it's going to cost you. So, um, did they? Um, are they pricing it too high? Is this going to be um, an issue going forward? What do you guys think, Mark? What do you think? Is, is Calgary, uh, did they, are they aiming too high here? With the low-end ticket price, that's not bad, 120 bucks. Yeah. Now, not having been in that stadium in many decades, I'm thinking the temporary stands are going to be rather chilly in the wind. No temporary stands. No, no, yeah. no temporary stands. That's not temporary stands? Stand? That's just there's no temporary stand. Ooh. So $120. You're up in That's the nose. That's probably please. why they're higher. Yeah. Cuz they're um, not adding any seats then. But $400 is crazy. No kidding. You know, Calgary's having trouble getting full houses as it is. Mm-hmm. And you're charging 400 dollars for a ticket especially for people coming from outside of Calgary who then have to attack on the 40% more expensive hotel rooms with the 50% more expensive drinks in those said hotels and everything else that that's a really really steep increase yep and i'm wondering now because Ambrosi has changed how the money is doled out from the Grey Cup. It used to be that the host city got 90% of it, and it is now shared equally amongst all the teams. So would the CFL have a say in those ticket prices as well? I've never heard of them doing that before, but I'm just wondering with the way Ambrosi does things. But four hundred and twenty dollars just seems too much. Very high. Uh, I don't think uh, I, I can't find Edmonton's prices, but I know they weren't anywhere in that in that range. Will uh, this is? Uh, I was going to ask you. Like? I was going to ask you, Charles. What did you pay last year? Do you remember? It wasn't anywhere close to four hundred. I know that. I think we were. We were on the about the 15 yard line, just two rows up, and I think we were 225, 250, something like that. Okay, well, I paid I paid 365 for mine last year. Okay. Okay. But I was on the 50 yard line, row 19. Okay. So they were pretty good tickets. Yeah. So if you're looking Um, at, um, yeah. But I Go just ahead. got I just got my invoice today 
for the Grey Cup tickets for my company, and I'm on I'm on the thirty let's say the thirty yard line, uh, fourteen rows up, and my tickets are three hundred and fifty bucks a piece. Okay, which it's, I mean, my invoice is $2,800 because there's six of them, but um, um, I, 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 I don't know what to say, okay, because I, I kind of was taken aback last year when I spent that much on Edmonton Grey Cup, but you know what? My seats were fantastic, and the game I thought was great, and I had a good time, so mm-hmm. it doesn't bother me. I, I see a lot of people online are saying, why would I go to that dump for $350? Well, and like you guys know me, and I don't care what the stadium looks like, okay, as long as i got some place to plant my ass mm-hmm. and there's a, a field and football players on it, I'm good, okay? Um, and I really think, you know, you make the experience your own as a person. So, um, but yeah, the tickets are a little high. There's no doubt about it. And people will complain about that continuously. And I, I tend to wonder if the Stampeders are doing this because there is only 30, I think it's 34,000 seats in that stadium. Okay. And I mean, there's a pretty good chance that. Well, if Calgary is in it, you won't be able to get a ticket. No. If if Winnipeg or Edmonton or, for that matter, Saskatchewan, B.C., it's only one province away, and I think uh, tickets are going to be at a premium. So, you know, I don't know what to say. So... Yeah, well, I know there was some complaints about it, a lot of complaints. Oh, um, complaints. Yeah, and it is high. I mean, I, it's higher than Edmonton by by quite a bit. I know that for a fact. Um, I mean, uh, that's a good question that Mark Act asked, uh, whether or not the league has any say in the pricing now that they've changed the um, way the money gets um, distributed. Right. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. And I do think now that because they're not going to add seats, I think that also has an effect because now they've got less seats to sell. So, typically, you well, think if that's it, the case, yeah. you're going to want to have a, some somewhat higher prices to make up for that. You look at Edmonton last year, and we're talking 55,000 seats, and that's probably why they were lower. Right. You know? Exactly. So. But it is interesting. I know it got a lot of reaction throughout the um, uh, throughout the season. Uh, oh yeah. Or throughout the week, I mean, since they announced the uh, prices just the just the other day, I think it was. I think it was at the beginning of this week. If you're a Stampeder season ticket holder, the tickets actually aren't that crazy. If you sign up yeah, for a two-year renewal, your hundred and twenty-dollar seats are only a hundred bucks. Yeah. So that's, really, that's true. Yeah. So I guess they're pricing it more for the locals. But. Yeah, but yeah, but Mark, I pay 
My regular season tickets are $86 a piece, not $349, okay? <laughs> no, like, no, I give, agree. Give me, a, a give, me a, give me a break. But on the other hand, people say if you went to a Super Bowl, you'd be paying thousands of dollars for nosebleed seats. Which mm-hmm. is true. So, I mean, I guess it's all relative. And as far as what you're saying, Mark, about you know, hotel rooms are more expensive and and so on and so forth, and drinks are more expensive. Guess what, Dorothy? You're not in Kansas anymore, or for that matter, Winnipeg. You're in Calgary, <laughs> sorry. Okay. The same thing happens in Winnipeg. As soon as oh, during the playoffs oh, last right? year, during the NHL playoffs last year, our the hotel rooms at my hotel doubled in price. Well, I mean... It's all relative. Haven't you guys ever noticed that on long weekends in any city, there's two things that go up, gas yeah, and, and hotel steak. Room. And yep. steak. And steak. Yeah. Okay? Yep. Those prices go up automatically. Yep. So, I don't know. I I mean, I'll still go to the game for sure, regardless of who plays. Um, but, you know, I guess people have to decide, right? Yeah. Yep. If they're there. I'm sure the diehards didn't even want even bat an eye at it, okay? Probably not. You're probably right. And then next year, when it's in Saskatchewan, what's the complaints you've heard online already about it being hotel in Saskatchewan? Hotel, hotel room. room. No hotel rooms. Okay, so... Which is a concern. Because oh, I know that's been com- an issue there my previously. Com- yeah, and my complaint would be uh, too many Saskatchewan fans, but that's beside the point. Um, you know, so people, I'm sorry, people get up every morning looking for something to complain about, and I guess this week's topic was McMahon Stadium, so. That's probably true. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. All right. Well, there's another, um, speaking of Saskatchewan, they uh, there's some talk that the Oakland Raiders might play a preseason game in Regina. I believe I heard uh, they're talking about playing a preseason game against the Green Bay Packers in Regina. So that's somewhat interesting. I've heard some people, Saskatchewan fans, that are in favor of it. And I've even heard a couple of Saskatchewan fans, Kelly Bale, that doesn't want the game. <laughs> In Saskatchewan, only because Cleveland's not playing. Well, pretty only much, yeah. Cleveland's not playing. Yep. To me, it makes sense. I mean, because I think I don't know if the Riders are connected to it directly. Well, they must be because they're on the stadium. So, um, so I I don't know why you wouldn't want them there because you can make some money off of it. Why not? And they, these people say, oh, I don't want it, I don't watch the NFL. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you know what? It's a different experience. Even if you don't like the NFL, and I understand that there are people out there that only like to watch the CFL, if you get a chance to go to an NFL game live, and I've done it a few times, I would do it because it's a different experience. Majorly Especially different. In, yeah. I mean, I mean... Well, I mean, here in Vancouver, they don't allow tailgating. You go down to Seattle and go through the parking lots before the game. 
you've got people there with full-on RVs with, like, like turf laid down like you're on a sun deck with, like, multiple TVs watching other games with a full barbecue, a deep fryer, and it's crazy some of the setups they got down there with uh, tailgaters. I've never seen problem, anything quite like it. The only problem they may have with the exhibition game is, and we all watch NFL, is if it's week one or two of the preseason, can well, you say right scrubs? Yeah. But can you say scrubs? Because the yeah, Vets it's be... don't, well, the Vets don't come near a football field until week three of the yeah. preseason. So, And for that, I think they do one drive and then they're done again. Yep. So if it's week one or two, it's going to be a pretty low-level football game. Yeah, well, we actually had that situation here a while back. They had, I guess it was back, it was late 90s. They had a preseason game here in Vancouver between the Seahawks and the uh, 49ers. And at that point, Warren Moon was still playing for the Seattle Seahawks. And everybody, of course, because of their his connection to the CFL, everybody wanted to see Warren Moon play. They were all chanting for him to play. He never stepped on the field. Was he even dressed? He was dressed on the bench. He never stepped on the field. <laughs> Not even well, for one drive. No. And Jer- Jerry Rice was still with the 49ers, and the only catch he popped. The only pass he caught was during uh, the pregame warm-up, because I don't think he was on the field, or if he did, he didn't catch a pass. And most of it were scrubs. You were right. Hey, if the NFL wants to come up here and play some games, it's not like they're going to replace the Saskatchewan Rough Riders with an NFL Of course team. not. Yeah. No. So hey, if they want to come up and give Saskatchewan some money, give the CFL some money, cool. Sure, why not? Yep. Yep. Willie, you got any thoughts on it? Uh, I would probably go to Saskatchewan so I can finally, so I can finally wear my Howie Long uh, jersey. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's about it. I mean, I've been to NFL games, and yes, it is a different experience. There's no doubt about it. Yep. Everything is different. One thing I've never done that I've wanted to do is go to a U.S. college game. I'd like to do that sometime because that's another different experience. And and you know what? They say U.S. college is insanity. Okay? It is. As far as that stuff. My niece Um, went to a game and she phoned me from it. Um, Tennessee Volunteers. Yeah, she phoned me and she was screaming at the top of her lungs, and it was absolutely hilarious because all you could hear in the background was <laughs> of screaming people. Yep. Well, it's kind of, and it's the kind of the same thing as I've been to the, I've been to the Daytona 500, okay, and that's like. And I'm not a car guy, but that's like nothing you have ever been to in your life. Okay, and it's 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 absolutely huge in the mm-hmm. states, and uh, you get two hundred thousand people at this, and it's insanity. It really is. 
It really is. So yeah. they do things big in the States. There's no doubt about it. Well, the American college so, games down south, you're getting over 100,000 people at a game. Yep. Plus 20,000 down at the Not tailgate unusual. that don't go to the game. Yep. Well, even I've got I've got friends that go to UND games all the time, Mark, and they say they're yeah. crazy. Yep. You know, so, and, and it's hard to get tickets. They're always sold out. So, it's a, uh, I guess it's an experience. So, yep. There you go. Man, right, I wonder what those gonna... tickets are worth. Yeah, no kidding. They won't be that huge. No, I wouldn't think so. I, I remember when they so. had when they had the uh, preseason game here in Vancouver, uh, back in the nineties. David Braley actually paid for the uh, for the Backstreet Boys to sing the national anthem because on the same night they held that game, across the street at Rogers Arena, the Backstreet Boys were giving a concert. So there were a bunch of people, probably mostly teenage girls, who couldn't get tickets to the concert because the concert sold out. They came in, bought tickets for the preseason game, saw the Backstreet Boys sing the national anthem, and then they left. And left. Uh, yep. Interesting. Interesting. Yep. Single game tickets for North Dakota are twenty five bucks. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. Yep. So it's sure um, Yep. All right. Moving on. We got a few minutes left here. Uh, former a uh, former Argos coach Mark Tressman has reemerged in football. He has now been signed as the head coach of the Tampa Bay franchise in the XFL. I wonder if the XFL is paying attention to the uh, Alliance of American Football because things are not going very well for these guys. If you looked at the people in the stands or the lack thereof, um. Hmm. I don't know why the XFL would make any difference. So, but Mark Trustman's back in football. He's now coaching in the XFL. Interesting. So, what do you think? What do you guys think? Is the XFL just doomed to the same fate as the Alliance of American Football? I think. Well, what do you think, or Mark? Okay, go, Mark. Yeah, I think you'll see the two of them merge. I wonder and about then, that, too. And then just be the feeder league for the NFL. Yep, I could see that. I think Tresman's probably doing it for something to do. Yeah, it could be. Well, it's interesting, so, too, you're talking about merging, is that the XFL is run by Charlie Ebersol, and on the board of the directors is his dad, Dick Ebersol, yeah. who worked for NBC for many years. And Dick Ebersol is very close friends with Vince McMahon, who runs the mm-hmm. XFL. So uh, a merger between the two leagues is not that much of a stretch when you look at that, because there's connections there. But it might be a stretch, because will the AAFL last that long? Well, that's <laughs> the thing. If they're getting uh, 7,000 people to a game, that's going to be hard to sustain. I did see yeah. a um, um, I did see a um, article though 
uh, I think in the last couple of days that the AAF was not considering uh, expansion and not considering relocation. No shit. Really? Probably because they're going to collapse altogether, maybe. Who knows? Who knows? Who knows? You don't know. You don't know. So, I mean... Now, I'm wondering, I don't know, because this is being seen almost as a, a feeder league for the NFL. I'm wondering if the NFL is pumping any, any money into this league. And I've wondered that I for a know. while. I doubt it. I don't know. I doubt it, too. Yeah. I doubt not. it, too. But who knows? Um, who knows? You never know. Yeah, well, no, and I've watched, I've watched some of the football or some of the AFL games, and... You know, it's not it's not great football. It's not bad football for me. It's football, so I don't care. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, the the crowds kind of remind me of Toronto two years ago. Okay, where there's nobody in the stands. So, but who knows if the XFL will survive? I guess Mark Tressman, He's probably one of the first guys to sign, right? So, cause uh, they've got a few other ones. Heard too many, do they? Okay. Yeah, Jim but Dorn hey, was one. Yeah, go on. Maybe, maybe, maybe Tressman is looking at it as a stepping stone to go back to the NFL, too, as well, right? It's possible. I mean... I wouldn't rule that out at all. I mean, I'm curious to know why a guy like Bart Tressman doesn't go to... Uh, an NCAA doubles, NCAA school college, and coach. Yeah, because yeah, they say it's not as stressful. So, mm-hmm. and you make just well. As I much think money. that depends. I was going to say, I think that depends what program you're coaching for. There True are that. some coaches. True there that. are some programs in the NCAA that's probably more stressful than the NFL. In some of those yeah, big schools down in the southeast. Yeah. yeah. Alabama, yeah. Alabama, Oklahoma. Auburn, yeah. Florida State, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Ohio State, sure. Miami. Exactly. <laughs> yep. 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 All right. So I think we'll leave it there because we got less than two minutes to go uh, in this episode here. Uh, so this has been Let's Talk CFL Podcast, episode 312. I'm uh, Charles Cliff, just been batting cleanup as Christopher Jones uh, left us a little bit early tonight, so we've just been kicking around a few more um, topics here as we get down here close to the end. Uh, So we'll be back again next Thursday with another episode, but right now I'm going to go around and let the rest of the panel say goodnight, so I will hand it off to Mark. Good night, everybody. We'll talk to you next week. Have a good one. Good night, everybody. Good night, everybody. It was nice talking football with you, and we'll talk to you next Thursday. Yep. All right. Good night, folks. This has been Let's Talk CFL, episode 312. We're here every Thursday night right now during the offseason, going from 8 to 10 Pacific, or if you're in the East, it's uh, 11 till 2 is no sorry 8 to 10 so that'll be 11 to 1 maybe that's why nobody's uh, on the chat because everyone's sleeping anyway thanks for joining us we will talk to you again in 7 days have a good night folks <laughs>